We have been talking for the last while on the Holy Ghost. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. It's really important for us as believers to understand the Holy Ghost. And as what we're looking at in, in these messages at the minute, to understand what the Holy Ghost does, His role. You know, Jesus let us know how important it was for the Holy Ghost to come. So I don't want to miss what the Holy Ghost has to offer all of our lives. Amen. And it was said about the Holy Ghost that, that he's not like some people that's, you know, a jack of all trades and master of none. Because the Holy Ghost does many things. He's a master of everything that he does in our lives. And so it's important for us to understand the work of the Holy Ghost so that then we can better draw from, from him and what he's came here to do in our lives. And so we've been looking at several things. We looked at he, he draws us to Jesus in the beginning um, in salvation. Thank God he draws us. He reveals Jesus. Then he saves us or regenerates us or causes us to become a new creature in Christ Jesus. We experience a new birth. By the work of the Holy Ghost. When we put faith in Jesus. Then it's the Holy Ghost who actually regenerates us. You, many of you know you can't save yourself. All the work in the world. You could never produce the new birth. But making Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life. The Holy Ghost does a work on the inside of you. Instantly. To where you become a new creature in Christ Jesus. Then the Bible says he seals us. You know you're protected. Once you make Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life. You're kept by him. Right to the day you see him face to face. Amen. Nothing can separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. And then we see that he's our teacher. He's our guide. He's, our, he's the revealer of truth. And we've seen also that he leads and guides us specifically. And we looked at how he shows us things to come. That's what we looked at over the last couple of weeks. And then we looked at how we hear from God as well. Just on the back of that, we looked at that last week. You know, seeing that God still speaks and um, we looked at the inward witness of the Holy Ghost that he bears witness with our spirit. We looked at the, the inward voice. Amen. And praise God. Then there's also on rare occasions people have heard the audible voice of God. You know what? There's a, a minister that used to come to um, church in Grace Fellowship. And um, he was on the top of a cliff. Um, before he got saved. Ready to jump off and take his life when he heard the audible voice of God and got saved. And ended up in the ministry because of hearing the audible voice of God speaking to him. But I tell you, that's a rare thing. I've known several people that have heard the audible voice of God, but it's not a daily occurrence. But you know, most times you just live by being in the Word as a believer. The Holy Ghost, as we said, He leads you into the Word. But then you follow that inward witness. And thank God that you have the Holy Spirit in you who bears witness with your spirit. And it's just like He just lets you know certain things. And so thank God for that, that inward um, witness. And then we looked at the peace of God as well. And you know, so when you have the Word of God, you know, you have the in inward witness. Um, praise God which is predominantly how he leads us amen and you have the peace of God that's like a, a green light and so God leads and guides us and thank God for the leading and the guiding of the Holy Ghost amen so the Holy Ghost acti is actively involved in our lives now I'm going to look at the next one this evening and I'm going to look at comfort that the Holy Spirit is the comforter and what does that mean that he is the comforter now Many know we need all the help we can get as believers. Because we live in a world where we have problems in this world. Now we're not problem minded. We're God minded. But we still live in a world that has problems. And we do have enemies. And you can boil your enemies down to three. And it's not the mother-in-law. And it's not, you know what I mean, all of these kind of things. The person at work, the boss. That's, they're not our enemies. Um, so we do have enemies, but you can boil our enemies down to three. You have the world, the world system. Let me tell you, it's opposite to God's system, okay? Then we have the flesh. I mean, you know that flesh, you have to keep it under. And if you don't, it'll raise up. And you know what? We don't keep the flesh under in our own strength. You can't, it's impossible. The Bible says you do that by walking in the Spirit, okay? And it's only through walking in the Spirit where you don't fulfill the lusts of the flesh. You can't just say, I'm going to put the flesh under. People have tried that. I've tried that. I'm sure you've tried it as well. And you can't keep your flesh under by willpower. Yeah. The only way you can keep your flesh under is by walking in the Spirit. Amen? 
And it doesn't say, you know what, stop doing all of these things and then you're in the Spirit. That's not what it says. It says, walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. A lot of people just try, try to not fulfill the lust of the flesh to get in the Spirit. That's not, that's not what it says. It says, walk in the Spirit. So you have to allow the Holy Ghost by the Word of God uh, to empower you so that then it's by the Holy Ghost through your Spirit to where you actually start saying no to things that you used to, that you used to say yes to so easily. Yeah. Amen. But it's not by willpower. That's why the key is not try and put down, put down your flesh. The key is to walk in the Spirit. And then when you walk in the Spirit, then there's a power there to be able to say no to certain things. Hey, oh, we can all say no to certain things for a period of time. And doing willpower. But I tell you, when you walk in the Spirit, there's things that used to control us. that just they don't have any power over our lives any, anymore. But if you stop walking in the Spirit, that flesh is still there. And it's there until the day we get a new body. Amen. And the many you know, we all have a flesh. And all flesh stinks. There's nobody has good flesh. You know, we're all capable of doing horrible things. But the only way to keep the flesh down is by the Spirit. Amen. So that's, that's why we sit under the Word and let the Holy Spirit keep working on our lives. Praise God. Um, and then we have the devil as well. So you have the world, the flesh, and the devil. And you know what? We deal with, we deal with those things in life. We deal with the devil. He's there. He's the tempter. He's the accuser of the brethren. He's all of these things that, you know, if you listen to him, he'll, he'll destroy your life. He'll tell you lies. He'll tell you things. He manipulates the truth. And if you listen to him, he'll defeat you. If you, if you don't stay under the word, you know, and you don't have the energy and the power of the word in your life by the Spirit of God to put the flesh down, what happens is that flesh will rise up and you can end up as, you know, in bitterness and strife and all of the things or else. Just pride, just um, arrogance, or just a bunch of things that the flesh can produce and the world. So the reality of it is, is in this world, we need all the help we can get because there's a lot of things can go wrong in this life and we need, we need help. So we do need to comfort her and thank God for the comfort of, of the Holy Ghost. Now, there was one night, in, it was in um, 2018, I was downstairs one night, I was just praying. Actually, I was taking communion. And I was just thinking about what Jesus had done for me. And I was just, um, I had the, the bread and the wine out and I was just praying, talking with God. I was just looking at it and, you know, thinking about the bloodshed for me, thinking about the body broken for me and all of those things, just, just talking to God. And the Holy Ghost, you know, um, just spoke in my spirit that night that, you know, that it's important to avail of the one who, who lives under your roof. And I started just meditating on this, that, you know what, we have someone who lives in us. And we need to avail of the one who lives in us. And I started to think along these lines, you know, I started to think, you know, if Jamie Oliver lived in my house, it would be silly for me to be living on beans and toast and he's up in the room. You know, you'd be better going and asking him, can you come down and help me and show me? And you know what, you get something decent here to eat. But you know what, many times people do that same thing with the Holy Ghost. We go through a lot of stuff and we have the Holy Ghost living in us. But basically we tell them we only need you for an hour on a Sunday morning. For a few shundays and a few goosebumps. And then we don't need you anymore for the rest of the week. Yeah. Understand? Go back to your room. And then I started thinking at the time, I was thinking about, you know, people who, who take people in into their house. You know, to lodge in their house. And... You know, many people do it. They'll take in students, you know, um, into their house. And you know what? They don't really interact and become a part of the family. They just go to school, come back, go to the room, do their homework. And all they need is a meal and, you know, just to be left into college or whatever. And people do that a lot. You know, they take in a lodger. And, um, and many people do it just, you know, just for the extra few pound or whatever. But it's different whenever you take someone in. Like if you adopt somebody. You take them in to become part of your family. You don't put them up in the room. They actually become part of your family. So there's a difference between like a lodger and somebody who actually comes to live with you and actually become a part of your life. Well, I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost is the comforter and he didn't come to be a lodger in their lives and to just, you know, 
go and stay in his room all the time. He came to be actively involved in our lives. And as a comforter, he has so much to do in our lives and desires to do in our lives. And we need to avail of him. The Holy Ghost is a gentleman. He'll not force himself on our lives. But you know what? Why would we not avail of the Holy Ghost when he's capable of doing so much in our lives? Just like if you had Jimmy Oliver in the house, you would be expecting to eat more than a pot noodle. When you have a master chef in the house. Well, I tell you, we have a genius living in us, as I've been saying in this series. We have a genius living in us. We have someone who can minister to us in a way like nobody else can. We have one who has answers that nobody else can. We are, has or can give to us. We, we have someone who can touch, like so to speak, certain buttons in our life and minister to us where no one else can reach. Yeah. He can reach right in there because he's in us. And it's like he knows if you, if you start yielding to him, you have to work with the Holy Spirit as in you yield to him. He does the work, but you have to work with him. You have to invite him into everything that you do. You have to involve him. You have to become conscious of him. That's why I always loved that um, spirit of that book that was written years ago that, that um, Monk had wrote, um, um, Lawrence and of practicing the presence of God. And I, although I don't agree with a lot of stuff in that book, because it was very sin conscious and religious, but the, there was a thread, a golden thread that ran through that book of practicing the presence of God. And as believers, we need to be practicing the presence of God because the Holy Ghost is not out here somewhere. The Holy Ghost lives in us. And, he's, and we don't want him to be in his room, so to speak, and not coming out and helping us. You want to be up there knocking the door and say, you know what, come out. Leave that door open. Run freely through my life. You know, be involved in everything that I do. Think through my mind. Flow through my hands when I minister to people. You know what, speak through my mouth. When I go to work, help me. Give me ideas that nobody else can even think of. You give me ideas. You give me God ideas. That's starting to veil off the, the one who lives on the inside of us. And I'll show you this evening as well that the Holy Ghost, even though he's called the Comforter, that doesn't mean to say that he just puts his arms around you. He's, he's, he, yet he does that too. There's times whenever you need that, that comfort in that way, but he's not just sitting there like, you know, hugging you, <laughs> you know, like, like just everywhere you go, he's hugging you. It's not like that, yet you, you, you know, the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. Amen. But there's a lot more to it than that. I don't have the scriptures up this evening because I was still working on, on many of these scriptures because I ministered this years ago, but I always like to go back and revisit and end up looking up a ton of scriptures today and I got... I got bogged down in my studies. But anyway, praise God. Um, I, I simplified it then later. But in John 16, look what it says here in verse 7. I'll call these out. We'll know many of these scriptures anyway. But John 16 and verse 7, it says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And we've been looking at this. Jesus said it was more expedient, more necessary for you. It was to your advantage, to your benefit that I leave. And I always find that amazing. You know, just when you think about, just naturally when you think about having Jesus, but then when you understand why the Holy Ghost came and that he moved into us, then you realize that it is actually better for us. Amen. And I'll go through it. I did explain that earlier in this series. Um, but, um, so it talks about the comforter. So who is the comforter? And many times people have said in certain faiths, like in, in, in Islam, they believe that Muhammad was the, the, uh, the comforter. But the Bible lets us know clearly that it's the Holy Ghost. So John 14 verse 26, it says, But the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost. And so thank God the Holy Ghost then was sent to us. And, and John 14 verse um, 16 Jesus said, I will pray the Father, and look at this, he will give you another comforter. Now, the word there for another is, is another of this, the exact same kind. There's two words for another in the Greek. One means 
um, another of a different kind. Another means the same, another of the same kind. You know, like it's like with fruit, many times people use that illustration. If you take an apple and you take an orange, they're two, they're, they're, they're separate fruits. Um, they're both fruits, but they're not the same kind. But if you take an orange and then you say, here's another orange, it's the same kind. It's, a, it's the same kind of fruit. So it's a, another of the same kind, okay? But an apple and an orange is another of a different kind, even though they're both fruits. This, is a, this word another is another of the same kind. So when you have the Holy Ghost with you, it's no less than having Jesus with you. And you know what? Jesus is God. How many know Jesus is God? So is the Holy Ghost. They're not lesser than each other. So when you have the Holy Ghost with you, don't ever feel like it would be better to have Jesus with me because you have a, another of the same kind. What's in Jesus is in the Holy Ghost. What's in the Holy Ghost is in the Father. And you have the Holy Ghost living on the inside of you. Amen? That's, that's really, really important. Really vital to understand that. Because sometimes people think, you know what, it's lesser to have in the Holy Ghost. Because all they think is the Holy Ghost is a few goosebumps. And some people think it's then just saying, like, you know, as, the, as people would say, a few shundays. That's not what it means. Yet the Holy Ghost will fill your mouth and you'll speak in other tongues. Amen. Um, the Holy Spirit can affect your, you in the physical as well. But he's much more than that as well. He's the comforter. Praise God. Um, so, and, and then it lets us know that the Holy Ghost, when he comes up to now with the disciples, he was with them, but then he shall be in them and abide with them forever. And thank God we become the temple of the Holy Ghost. And as I said before, Jesus was known as Emmanuel, God with us. The Holy Ghost is God in us. Amen. So it's not just God with us. It's God in us. Amen. So thank God for the moving of the Spirit of God. Now, it says here in John 14 and verse 18, Jesus said, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. And talking about in the person of the, the Holy Ghost. Amen. Now, in the Amplified, it says here, I will not leave you orphans, comfortless, desolate, bereaved, forlorn, or um, um, helpless. And thank God we are not orphans. Amen. And we're not comfortless. We're not helpless. We have the Holy Ghost. Do you know what? We should never think of ourselves like that we're desperate. That we are, you know, we don't, we don't have hope. We have the Holy Ghost with us. Amen. So we're not orphans. We're not abandoned. It's not like Jesus left and said, I'm out of here. No, Jesus said, I'm going to send you another comforter just like me. He can do for you just like what I can do for you. But here's the difference. It's going to be better for you because he's going to move on the inside of you. And he can actually speak to your spirit. Now, you're going to actually have him on the inside of you. He can lead you and guide you. So where we don't have to go and follow Jesus like wherever he was. We can be in Ireland and still have the Holy Ghost living in us and ministering to us just like as if it was, we were actually physically walking with Jesus. Amen. Amen. Powerful stuff. Now, the word here for comforter, it means a lot more than just comfort. And yet it does mean that. The word comforter is the word paraclete. And it means helper, comforter, counselor, advocate, intercessor, strengthener, and standby. Amen. There's a lot in that word. And this is the part of the Holy Spirit's job in our lives as a comforter. And that's why I'm saying it's more than just hugging us. And thank God for the comfort of the Holy Ghost. You need the comfort of the Holy Ghost living in this world. Because as I said earlier, we do have enemies. We have the flesh. We have the world system. And we have the devil himself. But I thank God that we have the Holy Ghost. And he is our paraclete. Not just a comforter who hugs us. 
Yet he does in the sense of he comforts like nobody else can. But he's a lot more than that. Amen. Now, let me just look at these couple of things with... I'll just take these here one by one actually this evening and just, just talk on each one of them just for a bit. And just show his work in their lives, amen, as a comforter. So number one, he is a comforter. Praise God for the comfort of God. Um, and I want you to know that no matter what you face in this life, he'll comfort you. Because we do face life. And he, I'm telling you, he can minister comfort like no one can. You know, in our world, you know, people that have have many times people who have a lot of wealth and have high power jobs especially in the likes of New York and places like that many of them have, have what they would call a shrink someone who they will go and speak into their lives all of the time constantly there's people that spend thousands hundreds of thousands but I'll tell you we've, a, we've someone far better than that we've someone that's not using a formula to try and unlock a person's heart we have the Holy Ghost who lives on the inside of us. And I'm telling you, when you learn to draw from him, there's a comfort that comes from him. Like, you can't even put it into words. It's beyond words. And when you experience his comfort, it's, it's powerful. Like, I know whenever myself and Donna, the time whenever I'd got the bad health report, and we sat in that doctor's office, and I'm telling you, I can't, even, I can't put it into words how that... That atmosphere in that room just changed in a second. Whenever we were told the worst news of our lives, yet the peace of God and the comfort of God fell on us instantly, on both of us. To the point of where we were asked, do you want to leave and actually realize what you have just heard? And what we heard was massive in earthly terms. It was but I tell you, the peace of God was incredible, the comfort of God in that room. And we just sat there and they asked, well, they were like, do you understand what's being said? We understood exactly what was being said, exactly. But there's the peace of God that passes all understanding. How do you explain that? You can't. You just have to experience it. But that's a comfort like no other. And you know what I've learned over the years? Um, and I'm not perfect in it, but I've learned over the years um, as much as I can to keep this quiet. Yeah. Because you automatically start talking fear out of your heart or, or talking to circumstances straight away instead of being quiet and, and, and say, God, minister to me. So while I'm sitting there in the doctors, while they're giving that report, I'm talking to God on the inside. And all I can hear is, wah, 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 wah. I, I knew exactly what was being said and it wasn't being disrespectful. But automatically I turned to the Holy Ghost in my spirit and asked him, what, what way do I respond in this situation right now? How do, I, do you start talking straight away? I know what the word says. I know what the word says in that situation, but I just started looking. But the peace of God that just came on upon me, oh, I'll never be able to put that into words. Never. And that's one, one thing, but I've had that, and I'm sure you've had it and been able to explain, you could explain it in different situations. I can explain that, or, or not explain, I can tell stories of that, how God ministered to me all, all through my life of being saved. And it's incredible. But what is it? It's comfort. Look, here's a scripture here in Acts 9 and verse 31. And this was after Paul the Apostle got saved. And I mean, he had wrecked havoc in the church. And it says here, Then had the churches rest throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria, and were edified, and walking in the fear of the Lord, and in the comfort of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And they were multiplied. Paul done so much damage, but I'm telling you, God has a wonderful way of ministering comfort into people. And Paul did do so much harm. People's lives were hurt. You can imagine turmoil when, when on there with Paul the Apostle. The Bible says he wrecked havoc in the churches. 
But then God just comforted everyone. Oh, I always tell people this. We make a terrible Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is amazing. Only he can do what he can do. Amen. We give way for him. We yield to him. But only the Holy Ghost can comfort in the way that he can. Amen. Um, the Bible lets us know that the word brings comfort into our lives. And many of you know the Bible says that the Holy Ghost, the first place he leads us is into the word. And so a lot of people are looking for comfort, but they don't go to the Word. Let me tell you, the Word of God is where we go to. When you face situations, go to the Word and find out what does the Word say about this situation. And I tell you, the Holy Ghost will comfort you. The Bible lets us know that there is, uh, 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 talking about the things in the Old Testament, even all the stories and everything there, it says in Romans 15, 4, it says, Whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience, and look at this, and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. You know, one word from God can bring hope into your life, cause comfort to come in your life, to where you realize, God, you're with me in this, Amen. God, I tell you, you're going to bring me out the other side of this. No matter what the devil has meant for evil in my life, Lord, I tell you, there's a scripture and it's ministering to my faith and I believe you. Amen. What is it? Comfort starts to come and it comes through the scriptures. And what you read, I'm telling you, what you read will greatly affect your life. You know, there's a lot of people read all the rubbish of the day and then they want to have peace and they want to have comfort. I tell you, the Word of God brings comfort to our lives. In Psalms 119 and verse 50, it says, This is my comfort in my afflictions, for thy word hath quickened me. Thank God for the word comforting us. Amen. Um, here's another thing the Bible tells us. I'm just going to call a couple of these out. Just as the, uh, you know, the Bible ministers comfort to us. Um, the Bible lets us know about talking about um, the rapture of the church. That the Bible tells us that we are to comfort one another with these words. Do you know, some people teach end times to the point of where they have everybody terrified. And yet end times are meant to comfort us. Because I tell you, for us, some of these days, that trumpet's going to go and we're going to be out of here. And we're going to be face to face with the Lord forever and forever and forever. We aren't meant to live in fear. There's some people, they just talk about the Antichrist to the point that, you know what, all they can see is the Antichrist. They can't even see Jesus. Full of fear. And yet the Bible lets us know that we're to comfort one another. Amen. You see, our loved ones that have died in Christ, it's not the end. Praise God, there's comfort for us. That whenever we talk about those that have went before us, amen. And the Bible lets us know that. Um, the Bible lets us know that as, as believers that we are not appointed on to wrath. You know, sometimes people will make it sound like, you know, you're only going up in the rapture if you live a good life. The rapture has nothing got to do with how we live. It has to do with having Jesus. Once you have Jesus, you're going up, in the uh, or going up in the rapture. And the Bible lets us know as believers that we are not appointed unto the tribulation. This is what happened with the, the, the Thessalonian church. Someone had wrote letters and said, Paul had, had you know, wrote these letters and said that you have all missed the rapture and we're in the tribulation. And Paul said the rapture or the tribulation can't happen until the rapture first comes and you're not appointed on the tribulation. And he said that this would bring comfort to us. He said, Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as also you do. And I, I tell you, there's some people teach things to the point of where they bring people into fear. Let me tell you, when we talk about end times, we need to know where we stand in end times. We're going to see things happen. We're going to see the stage being set. But we won't be here for the main players. Amen. During the tribulation, because we're out of here. We're not appointed unto wrath. Praise God. People trying to point out the Antichrist. This one's the Antichrist. That one's the Antichrist. We won't know who the Antichrist is. Because we won't be here when he's revealed. In actual fact, he can't be revealed until we leave here. People saying, you know what? If you, oh, the vaccine was the mark of the beast. No, it wasn't. The mark of the beast doesn't happen until after the tribulation. 
Praise God, as a believer, we won't be around here for the mark of the beast. We won't be around. Yet people feed on that and they live in fear and miss what we're meant to be about. And actually, fact, when we talk on end times, we're meant to be so comforted. Amen. You know what prophecy brings comfort. The Bible says prophecy is for edification, exhortation, and comfort. Do you, know, do you know the church needs to be comforted? Sometimes, sometimes people stand up and they'll go, they want to prophesy like an Old Testament pro- prophet, and they'll stand up and they'll, they'll start off with just, whoa! And they start, and there they go, they just bring doom and gloom. And yet for us, the Bible lets us know that simple prophecy, it doesn't have any revelation in it as like the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge are the, the discerning of spirits. But simple prophecy is for edification, exhortation, and comfort. Do you know the church, we need to come to church, and part of the ministry of church is to comfort us as well. Some people go through hell all week, and then you have somebody stand up, and they want to act like an Old Testament prophecy, or prophet, and they want to whoa, 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 and have everybody terrified. Because they have been feeding on the number of the beast all week. And that the Antichrist is someone that they have figured out who he is. No, we don't know all of those things. But I'm just saying as well with prophecy. Simple prophecy is for edification, exhortation, and comfort. Amen. Here's another thing. You know what? When, when we face loss in life, thank God we can be comforted. You know, in death, when we, when we face grief and any of those kind of things, thank God that the Holy Ghost is the comforter. The Bible says here that blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. You know, Jesus took our, our, our sorrows. He took it all. You know, when my dad passed away, I was so conscious of this. And I've talked to Donna several times, even this week we ended up um, talking about this, but I... I've talked about this several times that I was so conscious of the power of grief because I've seen grief destroy people's lives. And yet I'm not on this. There's people on on a camp where they say, oh, don't cry because, you know, they're in heaven. What are you crying about? Well, you know what? You lose them in this life. I haven't lost my dad. I always say I know exactly where he is. But I haven't. But I, I don't have him to visit now. In this life, and I tell you, it can hurt. And uh, anybody that's faced any, any, any loss like that understands that. So there's some people say, don't cry. I don't believe in, you know, that we become a blubbering mess for the rest of our life. I cried my lamps out when my, when my dad passed away, and sometimes something will happen over the last couple of years. Unexpected, just you, you see something or whatever, you think of something, boy, and you're like, oh, the, the emotions just hit you, but I don't live a rack. So there's people that are on, on, on not extreme, you know what I mean, don't cry. There's all people over here, and all they do is, you know, cry, and the grief has absolutely racked and destroyed their lives. And so I have, I, I was conscious, as I said, I said to Donna at the time, and I said to God at the time, I said, God, I need your help because I've seen grief destroy people's lives and grief is not going to destroy mine because you're the comforter and you can comfort my heart. Jesus, you heal the brokenhearted. And I need my heart ministered to right now. And so I asked him to help me. I asked him to minister to me because I have seen grief destroy people's families. I've seen grief destroy people's businesses. I've seen grief destroy people in any area of life that they go to do, where it just consumed them. And, and I tell you, I, I said, I, I just, I just said it out, out loud. I'm not going down that path, God. And I need your comfort. And you are the comforter. And I asked Him to comfort me. I asked Him to minister to me. Amen. And you know, there's a, there's a friend of ours um, that lost um, a child. And this, this guy came from a, a Muslim background. And he was overcome with a grief. And 
Out of desperation, he cried out and he said, Allah, if you're, if you're God, comfort me. And Jesus, if you're God, comfort me. That's how he got saved. He had an encounter with Jesus. Amen. He had an encounter with comfort. I mean to say it didn't hurt to lose. But there's comfort that only God can give. Amen. You know, I was reading the story of, um, of Mary um, and Martha when they lost Lazarus. And the Bible lets us know that the Jews, they came to comfort her. And, but she left and she went out and found Jesus. And I know Lazarus ended up in that situation being raised from the dead. But here's the, here's the thing that I just want to bring out of the, this. People can send you cards and you know when you lose someone, they can send you cards, they can tax you and all of those kind of things. But it still doesn't hit the spot. It's important. I can remember when my dad passed away and I ended up sleeping in his bed that night because um, I stayed with my mum. End up sleeping in my dad's bed, um, and um, and I woke up, I woke up, I woke up crying, so I did. And I got on my phone, just while I was laying in bed, I looked up my phone, and um, what do you call it? And uh, it was message after message after message, and I read every one of those messages. I didn't respond to them at the time; I just couldn't do it. But I read every one of those messages, and I mean, I bawled just reading them, talking to God, and bawling. Reading every single one of them, and every one of them meant something to me, and it meant a lot. And everything that was done for my dad, and what the football club done, and everything, everything that was done for my dad, it meant so much, but it doesn't heal grief. It doesn't do it. Only Jesus, by the Holy Ghost, can heal grief. Amen. Grief's a powerful thing, but I'm telling you, we have the comforter. And thank God for the comforter. Amen. Um, and as I say, grief, grief is a horrible thing. Here's a no scripture here. In Genesis 37 and verse 35, it says, and th this was after, remember, um, um, they thought Joseph was dead. Well, J Jacob thought Joseph was dead because of the story that the sons told him. And it says here, this is Genesis 37, verse 35. And all his sons and daughters arose to comfort him. Imagine the sons rising up to comfort him. They knew exactly what was going on. But they rose up to comfort him. But it says here, but he refused to be comforted. And he said, I will go down into the grave unto my son mourning. Thus his father wept for him. Do you know what? There's people that just refuse comfort. It's like saying, Holy Ghost, go to your room. Well, I'm telling you, when you have a comforter and you're facing grief, that's the time you don't need him in his room. You understand? That's the time you want him to have full access to everything in your life, to touch whatever buttons and areas that he can and wants to, because only by the Holy Ghost can comfort come. And you know what? I, I've, I miss my dad dearly. But I don't have a broken heart. I don't. I was broken hearted. But I came to him all of the pieces. And I asked him to heal me. I asked him to work on me. I gave him full reign to every area of my life. And it doesn't mean that you don't miss but I tell you, the Bible says we don't sorrow like the world. Amen. Amen. And part of the comfort of even the rapture is that one day we'll all be face to face again. Amen. Amen. With Jesus never to depart again. And I, I tell you, and I've, uh, here's another thing I did. Just even if, just even if my dad passed away, I, just, I sat and listened to um, teaching on heaven. I just sat and listened to teaching on heaven. Listen to all, uh, anything I could get on heaven because it gave me the mindset, even though I know the scriptures, but I needed it ministered to me um, for where he is. And I know he's not, he's not sorrowing because in his presence is fullness of joy. Amen. Amen. And it doesn't mean to say that you don't face hurting. 
Amen. Let me tell you, the Bible lets us know that being with, with God, like um, with, with Lazarus when he died, he was in a place of comfort. Amen. I know it was Abraham's bosom and all the rest of it. But um, it was a place of comfort, whereas the rich man, he was in a place of torment. Um, and I, I tell you, thank God, thank God from our kingdom, everything in our kingdom, there's comfort. Amen. There's comfort in our kingdom. Praise God. Um, here's another really great verse here. And it says here in 2 Corinthians 1 and verse 3, it says, um, Blessed be the God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of all comfort. See, no matter what it is you face in life, you see, it may not be grief. Grief, you know, can, is one of the hardest things in life. But there's people go through other troubles in life. You know, whether it's family members, whether it's work, whether it's things that are said, whether it's opposition. There's just so many things that can come against us in this fallen world. But we are not without comfort. And we have the God of all comfort. So people can say, God couldn't comfort me. Yes, he can. No matter what you have faced, hurt you have faced, scars that have been left. Sometimes people don't see the scars that are underneath the surface where it's still raw and still hurts. But I'm telling you that God is the God of all comfort. He can comfort every area of our life. He doesn't want us to be a car wreck. You can give your life to him and bit by bit by bit he'll work. He may work on an area and work on an area and work on an area and you start getting healing in that area. But then you know what? There may be somewhere else and you just give him free room to that other place and say work on that. Work on that area. Work on, that. Work on this thing. This is, has, has been a part of my life for years. Or this something I did when I was a child Lord or something I did as a teenager. That's just been whirring at me. But I'm telling you he's the God of all comfort. I tell you, he can bring comfort. People have done horrible things in life, but God can still comfort our heart and set people free so that they don't have to live a victim for the rest of their life because of something that they did when they were younger. Yeah. And the amazing thing about this is Paul's, Paul went on to say, he says, who comforts us in all our tribulation. That's all. Whatever pressure we face that we may be able to comfort them which are in trouble by this, the comfort wherewith we ourselves have been comforted. Do you see, when you let God comfort you, do you know what happens? You can then comfort others. Because I'm telling you, there's a bunch of hurting people in this life. And people need answers. And, and do you know what? I've found this over the years, just even in ministry, when you're ministering to people, it's amazing how when you talk to someone and you've faced a few things in life, you know, the thing about getting older in life is you get more life experience with God. You face more things and God brings you through more things. And then when you're ministering to people, you can actually turn around and say, do you know what? I may not have faced the same thing, but you know what? I faced something similar. And here's what God done for me, or here's what God taught me. And you end up taking the wisdom that you learnt in what you went through. And what are you doing? You're helping others. You're bringing comfort into other people's lives. Why? Because you allowed the comforter to play about in your heart, so to speak. To reach into you. To take things out. You know what I mean? Put things in. And then you take that same comfort wherewith you were comforted by God and you start giving that comfort to others. And you know what? There's loads of verses on comfort in the Word of God and I don't have time to look at every single one of these. But you know what? Thank God for His comfort. There's so much comfort in the Word of God. Here's another thing. He's our comforter, but He's also our counselor. You go to a counsellor for guidance. You go to a counsellor for advice, for help and steering your life. Where you need wisdom and instruction. And I'm telling you, we have the comforter, the counsellor, living on the inside of us. Amen. That's part of his ministry as the comforter, the paraclete, is to be a counsellor. Praise God. You know, the word of God is our counsel book. 
You know, people have all of these books that they look to for counsel. And yet the Bible says in Psalms 119 and verse 24, Thy testimonies are my delight and my counselors. The Bible lets us know that um, there's many purposes are, uh, uh, and Where's that verse I'm looking for? There's many purposes or, or, or um, instruction in the, in the heart of a man. But you know what? It's only what God says that's going to stand. In other words, what it's saying is you can come up with a million different ideas. You know, we can all do it. Yeah. All think, oh, well, this is a great idea, but it doesn't always work. Um, let me just read these couple of verses here. Proverbs 15, verse 22. It says, without counsel, purposes are disappointed. But in the multitude of counselors... They are established. You know what? It's good to get good advice. But get good advice from people who are drawn from the comforter. And are drawn from the word of God. Because there's many times you, you need to hear advice. But really what we're looking for is we're listening on the inside to the comforter while we're listening to others. Do you understand? And where no counsel is, the people fall, the Bible says. But in the multitude of counselors, there's safety. That's why it's good in, in church and leadership and all them things to have people speaking into your life, speaking into situations, because it brings good, sound advice. And the Bible says that by counsel you make war. In other words, as you, you, you set a plan when things are coming against you and you're going against it, you need good counsel. Let me tell you, when we face life, we need the counsel of the Word of God and we need the counselor, the Holy Ghost, ministering to us and bringing good advice to us. Amen. You know, when Solomon, um, when God um, came to Solomon and said, ask me for whatever you want, Solomon didn't ask for things and possessions. He asked for wisdom. And God gave him wisdom and counsel to be able to do what he was meant to do. And through that, then God added to him and increased him financially and all of those kind of things as well. God didn't hold anything back from him. But you know what? He wanted advice. Do you know what? We all need advice. Do you know there's things that we face in life where we, we need advice. We, we need answers. You know, there, there's um, people face, that's what I'm saying, they face all different problems. Look, there's advice that'll heal your marriage. The comforter, the counselor on the inside, I'm telling you, he knows how to speak into marriages. He knows how to speak into troubled minds that can calm all of those raging seas. Good advice. I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost can give great advice. Amen. You need good advice in life. Praise God for it. Oh. You know, really, it's, it's the wisdom of God. And wisdom is the principal thing. Um, the Bible calls the Holy Spirit in Isaiah 11. It calls him the spirit of counsel. And might. It lists a whole bunch of things here. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom and knowledge. The spirit of counsel. And might. The spirit of knowledge. And the fear of the Lord. I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost, He has good counsel for us. Amen. Um, here's, here's one here, uh, which is a great portion of Scripture as well, just for any of us that, you know, doing anything in life, you know, for people doing business, doing different things. You know, there's a man in the Bible, you called him Baziel. The guy who, um, who, with the temple, do you remember the guy with the temple? And God gave him the wisdom how to work with the tools and the metals and all of these kind of things and God gave him the wisdom of how to do it the Bible says this is in Exodus 31 and 3 it says and I have filled him with a spirit of God and wisdom and understanding and knowledge in all manner of workmanship you know God can teach you how to do things Amen. you can have a, a, a problem a situation and you can, you can talk to God and say God how do I fix this God, how did, how, what's the answer for this problem in, 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 in work? Or what's the answer to this problem in my home? What's the answer to this problem with my kids? God has answers. This guy here, God gave him wisdom in how to make things. Do you know what? One God idea could turn you into a millionaire. Amen. One invention could turn you into a millionaire. 
There's people who have, have worked with their hands and then have thought, you know what, if only there was a tool that could do this. Well, I tell you, if it answers your problem, there's a million people with the same problem who work with tools. And there's a tool to fix that. And God has the answers. You know, there's people who work with their hands in different things. And if, they, if you just pray and ask God, God, give me, give me the wisdom of God. That's why wisdom is the principal thing. And yet we have the counselor living on the inside of us, the one who has advice, the one who has ideas. Sitting in his room, kind of a thing, you know, with that illustration, waiting to be asked out, waiting to be involved. Amen. The Bible tells us to pray for wisdom, that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened. Amen. The word to pray for wisdom and knowledge um, with in the things of God. Amen. I'm going to finish here this evening. Um, but praise God for wisdom. Amen. And with with um, with Joshua, God gave him wisdom. When Moses laid his hands upon him. Amen. Deuteronomy 34 9. It lets us know that Joshua, he was full of wisdom because Moses laid his hands upon him. Why? Because for leading. You need wisdom from God. The 70, Moses was able to take, off, God took the spirit off of Moses. It didn't lessen on Moses, but took that same spirit and put it on to the 70 to help Moses in. Um, and, and dealing with people and giving advice and all of those kind of things it came from God, came from the Holy Ghost I tell you the Holy Ghost can give us advice like no one else can praise God let me tell you we need all the help we can get in life see invitement See, in, in, in grief or trouble or pressure or circumstances or whatever you go through in life, I have seen the last few weeks, I've talked with several people where I have seen the pain on people's faces from just life. Life can be so cruel, but you invite God into all of that mess. He's not afraid of it. He's an expert. He's an expert at like tidying it up and getting rid of stuff. Amen. And putting thing back, things back into order. He's an expert. And he's an expert at giving advice. There's advice that comes from God where you can't get it from anywhere else. And thank God for it. Amen. Amen. So praise God for the, the comforter.